everybody. Welcome back to Boozy Book Reports with Sam and Beth. I'm back at it and so excited. Um, we're a little tardy. Um, we thought we'd be hitting this up monthly. And then we realized like we're two fabulous ladies and we're busy. And sometimes we procrastinate and turn things in late. So yeah, that's where we're at. We're getting 75% <laughs> on this one. We're yeah. turning it in late. <laughs> Which I think that we deserve because this was like traumatic. Like it was a lot. So yes. if, if you don't know, today we are looking at Go Ask Alice. And so right away, we need to do a big just warning if you are. Anyway, there's a lot in this book. And so I have a warning of um, there's homophobia, transphobia, fat phobia, disordered eating, essay, sex trafficking, drug use and more. So if any of those things bother you. This is probably not the episode for you. Um, It's darker than we thought we would go, uh, I think. Uh, Yeah, it's darker than I remember and darker than I would maybe recommend to the, the, what, the, I guess, 10-year-old, the 11-year-old me that read this? Yeah, it was, you know, I still have the fond memories of reading it back when I was, you know, middle, like early middle school and reading it on repeat. Um, But adult Beth is like, wow, yeah, this is not what I remembered. Yes. So I, I think maybe to say that we're we're not making in any sense making jokes or making light of very serious topics. But yes. also we have coping mechanisms to process through what we just read. Yeah, holy garbanzo beans. It was a lot. <laughs> it was but, a lot. But this is boozy book report. So yeah. um so we're gonna get and, a little boozy and go. <laughs> and also we're not like proponents of drug. You were not like saying, Hey everybody, go do it, go ask Alice and yeah, like Sam said, we're not making light, but but we are drinking, so <laughs> <Right now. laughs> it's fine. Anyway, so Sam made us some amazing cocktails. Yeah. So I made two, which are, are I guess, one is very much a classic and one I think is more of a modern uh, cocktail. So uh, in the theme of, uh, you know, drugs and speed balls, we were going to mix our uppers and our downers and we're making what's called a revolver today, which a revolver has uh, bourbon and a coffee liqueur, which is there's your downer and your upper respectively. Luckily, my friend Ryan makes decaf coffee liqueur so we can actually sleep tonight after this traumatic discussion <laughs> oh <my God>. uh, <laughs> we can actually oh and it has some orange bitters in it as well with it with an orange peel as a, a garnish so it's <coughs> okay i'm so sorry oh no um i <laughs> okay it is good in theory but it has coffee in it. And I am not a coffee person. So um, I'm going to set this over by Sam yep. to, as to not waste it. But holy Toledo, that is a strong kick in the gut. So I wanted to be a, uh, just a fair warning. I knew this one was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this cocktail. I like it's kind of heavy for it's summer right now. It's kind of heavy for a summer drink, but for a winter sort of broody, you know, oh, it's cold and mm-hmm. I'm I'm having, you know, a winter dark night of the soul. It's very oh, appropriate. A dark night of the soul. Sign <laughs> yes. me up. <laughs> so it's a very like sort of, I'd say maybe a broody dramatic drink, but mm-hmm. I like it. I'm a big coffee drinker. Uh, you could also put some Baileys in it if you want to make it a little more like light and refreshing or lighter mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i figured i was getting that one yeah sorry. I, it, it is good but yeah it is all the things you said it was in in line with our safety and uh <laughs> our discussions i'm not driving myself home oh. today so i knew i was drinking that one and i am home today and, so exactly. so uh, don't drink and drive yes <laughs> um okay and we have we have like 
Okay, it's not okay. Ooh, so that really did hit. Um, I'm okay. It's delicious. One sip in, I'm like Sam. <laughs> I'm all loose and ready to go. But she made two drinks for our second drink. It's like a, a double whammy. Oh, one was just a shot of Bailey's. Oh, that's literally all <laughs> that's that was. What, that's what that was. I thought that was a fancy cocktail. Oh gosh, no, no. It just oh, looked cool my gosh. in the glass. I thought like just a shot of Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I was so excited to. Drink. I was like, "Ooh, this is a great shot! I can ask for it at the at the bars." I was confused when you said you'd never had it before. It's like it's just Bailey's. Yeah, I really yeah. have never had it before, but I really thought it was a a crafted cocktail <laughs> no, shot. It's just a shot, and it's not even actual Bailey's. It's the like McMurray's like uh, knockoff Bailey's Irish cream. Oh it's gosh. just an Irish cream shot. <laughs> so, so, okay. I'm, um, embarrassed. So, and <laughs> no, no, no. College age me would, uh, get that when I first turned 21 and could legally drink, I would get that with milk. Oh. Like a, like the child I am. I would get that <laughs> on the plane rides to like my grad school visits. Oh my gosh. To, like that's chill amazing. out. Yeah. Well, I found my new favorite shot or, small cocktail I don't know what it is but yeah um, I'm also I I am like having a lot of questions about my like adult self being like wow you've never had that this I think this is also a cocktail learning adventure oh much very much for me like I really have only drank vodka cocktails or drinks maybe a gin every once in a while yeah I've made you like a lemon drop that's normally what I make when you no it's vodka okay see I don't even know so yeah that's it vodka drinks and um, uh, and one a gin. drink. He drinks a vodka drink. And he a drinks a lager drink. drink. He drinks a cider drink. And some chumbawamba. Else. I know it. I Tub just something. Yes, I love it. I, oh, okay. Did, I'm like, oh, did nope. it, was it bottle, bottle, open bottle? What was that game? A oh, button, button. Who's gotten button. the button? That's we're gonna be talking about. We're that. gonna talk yeah. about who's got the button. <laughs> anyway, in a minute. Second drink. We both have the button on this one. So this one is a last word. It's a classic gin cocktail. It's very herbal. Uh, it has uh, chartreuse in it, which is where the green Ooh. color comes from. It's sort of a nice pale green. But I think the real, uh, you know, tour de force is the there's a either you do an absinthe rinse, but we just did a spritz on the top of the of the glass. So speaking of getting high, if you're wanting to get high on booze, absinthe apparently is the historical choice. So yeah, it's Bye. got little taste yeah i'm so excited and scared okay it's i like it better than this first one <laughs> it's much more refreshing yes it's it's got lime juice it's got maraschino which is like maraschino cherries mm-hmm. uh and then it has uh the chartreuse and gin i just want to tell you too i always make faces when drinking cocktails for the most part unless they're super sweet i was beginning to feel very sad no like it's an it's like i i can't control it it's, i understand it's yeah. fine it, my eye just closes and I make a scrunch face and it's not cute, but I really like an old fashioned. But a lot of times when I drink an old fashioned, there is like a, a visceral response of like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> yeah, so okay. if it's like really strong. But I don't know. OK, yes. the two. Which one do you like? I like better? the green one. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, if you want to drink along with us, um, the recipes are going to be up on our website, boozybookreport.com and also on our Instagram. So there you have it. And Sam and I did do a little photo shoot for our drinks because we are moving on up in the cocktail world. Oh, yeah. We're just I mean, cruising to the top. Cruising to the top. <laughs> Coming for your game, my drunk kitchen. <laughs> Hannah Hart. <laughs> I don't even know what those are, but they sound amazing. Did you never see my drunk kitchen? No. Is it uh, on YouTube? It's a YouTube. It wasn't oh, okay. a YouTube special. Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah. But, oh, we got to check. Okay. But we're moving yeah. back to Go Ask Alice. Yes. So, 
when Sam and I were picking books for this this adventure podcast that we're doing into the world of books that we read when we were kids, we both were excited to kind of revisit. Well, maybe were you excited? I felt like we both were like interested. Maybe I should excited is too big of a word. Yeah. I, you know, it's a book that made an impression on me as a kid because I remember it being very uh, it was a bit taboo. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, all the topics in it. That's why it got passed around because yeah. it had a lot of taboo topics. How old were you when you first read it? Seventh grade, I think. Okay, I think I was like sixth or seventh grade too. Yeah, it was definitely middle school. Mm -hmm. But I remember it being, you know, sort of a book. I think we said this in the last podcast, but that kids that didn't read were in line to Mm -hmm. read this book. And I I don't, I guess I didn't remember much about what happened in the plot. I mostly (laughs) just remembered like, there were drugs and it ends bad. Yeah, (laughs) I, I, same. I did not remember the plot other than my... Like I had this thing of like, oh, I think there was sexy time in there. And that's what made me, you know, excited to like read the book when I was a kid. Not excited, but, you know, like I was like, ooh, scandalous. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a salaciousness to yeah, it. And, and, and like, a oh. forbidden nature. That, yeah. yeah. But it's like, re- <laughs> we're going to get into it. But Reba Day, I was just like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're just going to jump into it. So if you've never read Go Ask Alice, it is an anonymous diary. Quote anonymous. Yeah. Of a 15 year old girl. And she's it's set in the 1960s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It came out in 60s. 71. So yeah, late mid to late 60s. And it is um, mine says more than 5 million copies sold. I know that this is still on reading lists some places and it's like an often banned book. Yeah, I think it makes the top 100 like of the banned book lists every year. Yeah. Of, well, yeah. when we first started reading this this round, I just did a quick Google of it and I was shocked to find out that this isn't real. No, no. Yeah. I know there's a whole podcast about this uh, on another podcast uh, mostly about things that are that you think are real that aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it was definitely sort of like an anti-drug propaganda propaganda piece, sort of war on drugs light. You mm-hmm. know, it's well, and it's made it. This is the weirdest thing. So, like, we picked this book forever ago, like yeah. months and months ago. There has been a whole go ask Alice resurgence. So there is a famous podcast. Uh, what is it? What we don't know. Yeah, or what you what, what you think. You what know. you think you know. Yeah, yeah. They just did a. Um, podcast on it and or an episode on it i did not listen to it because i didn't want to get like same whatever but um there's a guy that just came out with a book kind of like going through the history of this it's came out just came out in june um vanity fair just did a piece on that and so i was just like wow why is ghost alice having this like weird like nostalgic (laughs) you know like uh renaissance of 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 reading but I mean, I get it. Like, it was very impactful. So, yeah, I think there's something to be said about people of our our age and our generation, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of the middle millennials, the the dare generation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I do very much remember dare. Yeah. Um, Dare introduced me to more drugs than I ever knew about. I I, just okay. so (laughs) I'm going to fully just like maybe full disclosure, which I think maybe if you hear me talk about drugs, you'll very quickly pick up if you're a seasoned veteran. I was very clean through and, and still, you know, I work in a position where I definitely could get tested. So, you know, it's not something that I, I do, but also grew up in a small town where, you know, mm-hmm. pot was sort of ubiquitous. So uh, I, I guess my point is 
I just found myself wanting to try a lot of drugs that mm-hmm. I never did because yeah. like, mushrooms sound wild. Yeah. I was like, I want to try acid. Yeah. This I also never did. did not help. Yeah, this book did this not help book growing up. Yeah. Also contributed to that. Still yeah. have not. But yeah, like, I, I, got, I, I got, do. I do want to tell myself. So yeah. I have been I have never done a drug before, like an illegal drug, but I have been high once. And so when I was in sixth grade. I went to my best friend's house for a slumber party mm-hmm. and her grandma lived next door and she was quite the artsy, craftsy person. Um, and she, I think I mentioned she, she used to make porcelain dolls. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. And she would be in her little workshop and she'd be sanding them and all this stuff. Well, we go in there and grandma's in there in a respirator. We are not. And so we are oh. huffing porcelain dust and who knows what chemicals for all of like two, two and a half minutes, three minutes. We walk out and I start laughing like I've never laughed before. I felt like I could fly. I fell down on the ground, hysterical laughing. <laughs> it lasted for about 15 minutes. And then I just popped up and I'm like, let's get pizza. So um, and anytime somebody's like, have you done dr- drugs before? I'm like, yes, porcelain dust. <laughs> That was your that was your trip to the dark side. That was my trip to the dark side hanging um, when out with I was Alice. twelve. <laughs> I was I was hanging with Alice. So um so yeah, go ask Alice. We're gonna get there, guys. Uh yeah. it's just a it was a lot. And we, we were talking earlier about it was a lot to process because it's so there's just so much. So the book starts off with this kind of average 15, 14-year-old girl, because she's turning 15, and she has some body issues. For sure. For sure. She's been dieting. And I think it was funny because she was like, the the weight she said she was, was it like 100 and not very much? Yeah, it was like 125 pounds. Yeah, which was always my goal weight when I was like growing up. I was like, oh, 125. Yes. That was never my weight, but yeah, um, I was maybe when I read this book. I know maybe I'm like, this is where I got that number from. Okay, yeah. go ask Alice. Is like, I need to bring this up in therapy now. Anyway, so she she has this body issues, and then she just, I mean, she's just a girl. Like she's just in that awkward stage of like between yeah. girlhood and womanhood, and just trying to she's figure horny. life out. She's yeah. real horny. Yeah, she likes boys. She wants to, you know, she wants to kiss <laughs> the boys. Yeah, have a Wait, boyfriend. Yeah. Who doesn't sometimes? Yeah. yeah. She she wants like the, I, you know, the normal things that I think back to 15 and it's like the same crap that I wanted, mm-hmm. right? I just wanted to be like liked by people. I mm-hmm. wanted to fit in. I wanted to do well in school. And then I wanted a boy to, I don't know, hug me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. You know, at that time I was like, I wasn't sh- quite sure what I wanted a boy to do to me, but like I just knew it was something. Yeah. Um. So she's just all these things. And then. Her dad gets a new job. They move to a new town. She's having a really hard time adjusting. Oh, fun fact. I forgot to tell you this, Sam. So last night, well, I saw on the Wikipedia page that they had made this into a movie. I found the movie on YouTube and I watched it last night. How was it? It was everything you think it would be because it was like a made for TV movie. But there was somebody kind of famous in it. Like, like The guy from Revenge of the Nerds was in it. Um, The guy that plays the main character, Lewis, I don't know. I, I just know him from that. Um, the guy that was like Opie's dad. Uh, what is that? Wait, for the like, sheriff, like, like Andy Griffith. Yes. I think, oh. it, I think he was the, pa- he was the pastor in that. Of course. And then there was a couple other people that were like, no, like, like character actors that you've seen around. Yeah. 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 So it was just kind of like, but it was, it was, it wasn't good, but it was like a made for TV movie and it was pretty yeah. close to the book, which I was just like, Oh wow. This is awful. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so she she moves to this new town and she's really having a hard time. She starts hanging out with this chick yes. named Greta, who's an outsider and kind of a nerd. Yes. I have to say there was there were several things that 
kind of does give away that this book wasn't maybe written by oh a 15 year old girl. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> so really, really quick, you know, as she's going to parties with her friends, uh, I have one a comment here. Um, I'm supposed to bring a gelatin salad. Did you ever take yeah. a jello salad to a party Never. in high school? Um, I don't. Yeah. No. I showed up with a bag of chips. Yeah. No, no. Maybe hot dogs. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah if, the, if the party was at my house, I yeah. get the hot dogs away. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, as soon as I started reading this again, I was like, the writing style is like, and I I work with the youths for a long time. Yeah. I can speak teenager to some degree. This does not speak teenager. It is very feels like somebody like, yes. hey, kids, let me use some <laughs> some slang that you might relate to. Steve Buscemi. Yes. Hello there, fellow kids. <laughs> it is very much that. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I don't know why when I was a kid reading this, it felt so much more. Oh, yeah. A girl did write this that was yeah. in high school, you know. So I went back. I have to admit that I went back. I still have some of my uh, middle school and high school journals, nice. which are terrible. I thought yeah. maybe if there's something funny in there, I'll read it. It is also terrible. Mm-hmm. It's half of it's written in French. So my mom couldn't read it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> half of it's written in really garbage French. But the other half is just so cringy and so when i was trying to compare that to like what she was writing mm-hmm. all of mine was just you know i well there was a lot of i like boys which there is yeah. also a lot of in here there but is it's just different yeah. it's just different i kept flashing back to the scene have you seen dairy girls uh i've seen parts of it i haven't seen the whole thing there's a scene where she's writing about how she's a she, it's for her english uh, assignment she's trying to impress the teacher and she starts writing how she's a child of the of the troubles <laughs> and the teacher's like lame and just slaps her down <laughs> that is this yeah for sure it for is. sure it is. so so yeah so the story it, it gets going pretty quick she moves to yeah. a town she meets a yes. friend named greta greta's kind of a loser so she's like looking for another friend she meets beth who's a nice jewish girl and then they become bosom buddies they're bestie besties and then summer comes beth leaves her camp and she's kind of left does she this is where she goes and visits her grandparents in her old town i think yes and she's trying to reconnect with her hottie boyfriend roger never met anybody named roger that i was like hey hottie um <laughs> uh, roger Moore? like no like bond roger no no no. Okay, well, that's the closest I could think of. Yeah, I don't know any famous Rogers. Roger and me? No. That, oh, what is that guy? Roger and me, the like the documentary from the guy that did Bowling from Gol- Columbine. Okay. That, that guy's not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. The no. green drink. I no. love it. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, so then whatever. So, but she's there. Is this where she starts? Is this where she goes to her first party? She, yeah, she goes to her first per- party and they play button, button. Who's, Who's got, got the, the button? button? And apparently the button is just drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a hit of LSD acid. Okay. I have. Okay. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> as we've like in the words of Trixie Mattel, I grew up apparently uh, okie smoky poor. Yeah. Who's, who had who's money <laughs> for LSD? Like, I don't know. Like, Everybody just these are rich kids that I grew up with. Yeah. Well, I, she said she initially, I think initially she's in a rural area. Yeah. Who in rural areas is I mean, just busting at the scenes with LSD? With like, I don't know. In the 60s, high grade designer yeah. LSD. I... I you know, I don't know. This isn't method but, of Quonset Hut. No. But honestly, this. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I 
reading this story, it's like the most terrifying game ever. And it's like every woman's worst fear now. Like every time oh, I've yeah. been ever been out when I was younger, it's always just like, where's my drink? Who has my drink? Someone hand me a drink. I'm not yeah. taking that drink. Like it's so ingrained exactly. in us. Like no, don't touch your drink. There's like this whole YouTube channel that this guy just shows how, how quick it is to like dose a drink. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I couldn't I had believe a friend it. who's gotten it done oh, at a at a beer festival. It's just wild. So yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that they get dosed and then she does a whole acid trip, and this yeah. guy's like, "I'm gonna babysit you. I didn't get, I didn't trip in order to take care of you." And you're just Weird. like, "That's creepy." Yeah, I you know, I'll tell you a story about getting drugged as a child. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you, kids. <laughs> Let me tell you, it wasn't LSD. Did you ever do the the Kool-Aid powder thing? No. Where you ate the Kool-Aid powder? Oh, what's this? It's very sour. It's like sort of along the lines of sour, like uh, warheads and things like that. If you don't put the sugar in Kool-Aid powder, it's it's, very sour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a girl from- citric acid, right? It's just straight (laughs) and food coloring. Yeah. So uh, we used to do, you know, get little baggies of this, of Kool-Aid powder and eat it. I don't know why. Um, But a girl crushed up a bunch of X-Lax. No. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is the worst drugging story I've ever heard. (laughs) And so many people ate it that day, which I think, honestly, so many people ate it that it was probably the most minimal dose. But she very much got caught and very much got expelled from school. Mm -hmm. I mean, rightly so. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the drugging that I, you know, drugging, casual drugging has existed. We should not do this. We should not engage. But, uh, you know, X-Lax was like really what my (laughs) Okie Smokey Town could afford. Oh my gosh. Okay, so girlfriend's entry into the drug world is through LSD. Yes. And it is a rapid spiral. This is not what I was promised by Dare, which was that one marijuana <laughs> would lead to heroin. Yeah. It's like, uh, this was like, the, the again, like I work with lots of students and I know some of them, you know, were doing drugs or, you know, I'd heard after the fact or yeah, during whatever. Casual, yeah. yeah. But it's just like, I just never have met. And not to say that this doesn't happen because it For does. Sure. But it's just so crazy how she like went from just kind of like your average ish girl to like. Within a year, every horrible drug-related event happened yes. and taken every drug within a year. Again, I think the most one of the, f- the least realistic parts is that she started with LSD and was like, boy, pot sounds fun. Yes. She was so <laughs> amped to just smoke some pot. She's like, I can't wait to get some pot. I, know. I just can't wait. <laughs> also, she when the scene where she actually does smoke pot is very different than anybody else I know who smoked pot <laughs> and just ate a box of Little Debbie's. Mm-hmm. She like ran outside, was touching things, was touching her face, and had like Pretty a very sure that was experience, like laced with Ag- something. Again, yeah. yes, everything I- in her life life is laced with just LSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just odd. There's a lot of you know. I think this sort of plays into the. the the stranger danger aspect of, of mm-hmm. the the drug propaganda, which is that it, that there's going to be a stranger on the street and they're going to offer you drugs. And that's honestly what she, who she ends up actually doing drugs with frequently are people who are actually much closer than her. Oh, yeah. But she has this like really deep and ingrained fear. And I, I wonder how much of this is sort of the fear of the of the author or the the fear of the era that like mm-hmm. you're you know you're gonna have a nice girl and all of a sudden some stranger's gonna pounce upon her and she's gonna get high and mm-hmm. then it's all downhill from there. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's it's, nowhere to go but down. And that is what this story is. Yeah. So, okay, so Homegirl does acid. Pretty immediately, she starts dating the guy that gives her acid. Then I think that when she's still with her grandparents, she started taking tranquilizers or something. She Was starts that? stealing pills. Yeah. That feels, feels more familiar. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> so seems like more... High school yeah. that I went to. So then they then she gets to have sex for the first time while high with this yes. guy. And she just has a really interesting, fun summer. Yeah. She just, um, you know... Hot high girl summer. <laughs> and then it just, I mean, that was enough, right? That could be the yeah. whole book. And you're like, wow, that that's intense. What an adventure. Eat, pray, trip, love. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> but then school starts up again and, yes. and things just turn well, real quick. One thing that really changes, which I think also betrays the fear of the of the of the times, is that she gets rid of her nice flip hairdo and goes to hippie clothes. It's a rebel. Yeah, you know that's what happens. One thing you do LSD. Next thing, hello, fringe, grease, I <laughs> grease mean, and fringe. That, that is how you. I mean, that is how you attract guys, uh, which is our main point in life. Yes. That is how you attract friends. I mean, think of Sandy and Greece. Like, when did she get Danny? She had to wear skin tight latex pants, not latex, but you know what I mean. Tell me Smoke, about it. Stud. Smoking a cigarette, you know, like that's what we do as women, I guess. Yeah, obviously. Anyway, so she starts the next year. Yes. And she. Um, she kind of falls away from her friend Beth. They're like not in the same realm. Beth is a what they don't call them squares. They call them straights. Is that what they call them? She, I think she calls them squares and squares. straights at different yeah. parts of the book. Yeah. yeah. And then um, she meets. She's like just kind of living her life. She gets the doctor to give her a prescription. Yeah, I think that's at her grandpa- grandparents' house, oh, or okay. initially, but then it, it continues. Yeah. Right. He gives her sleeping pills. I know. I wrote opioid epidemic because, like, mm, you know, that felt a little bit. Yeah. I tried to make a timeline. Yes. Of her drug use, and I just gave up because I was like, "This is too much." Yeah. Um, but anyway, she she finally meets this girl Chris at a clothing store, right? Who's a little bit older, right? A year, a year older. That's enough in high school. Um, Chris <laughs> could drive, uh, <laughs> and they just hit it off, yes. and they start hanging out and partying. And Chris knows a couple guys from college. Yes. And then Richie. things turn. Real interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So she starts basically dealing. Yeah. To children. To children. To children. At, at first middle school students. Yes. But then eventually elementary school students. Do you know many nine-year-olds <laughs> who did drugs? I know <laughs> zero that have done drugs intentionally. Yeah. We're not talking about, you know, like horrible. Yeah. Incidents no, is where somebody gets into their gummies or some yeah, edibles. Yeah. No, no. These are like little kids that are like, man, hook me up with that LSD. Do you know what I was addicted to at nine? Budgie Pops? Pokemon cards. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had a holographic Charizard. Oh, oh you'd be <laughs> so cool. So rich now. Um, yeah. So the so Kristen, Kristen, Alice, who or it's not Alice. She, we never know her name for real. Yes. I'm just calling her Alice. But there is an Alice in the book, so that's super confusing. Anyway, so let's there, call her uh Cornelia McFudgy Pop. <laughs> oh like you gosh. said. That's the addiction. Cornelia McFudgy Pop. That, yes. So yeah, so they start dealing and yes. they're just having like they're, they're kind of feeling bad about it, I think. They're basically pushing for their boyfriends. Yeah. Yes. They're definitely being used. Yeah. And then enter homophobia. <laughs> Oh, you know what drugs make you? 
homophobic gay yeah oh <laughs> so gay okay so they I, wa- do you have a note well i have a very many rainbows drawn in the margin every time <laughs> you know we can talk about this at the end about my feelings about her uh yes there's a lot of homophobia but i think she might be like we can't well this is her, the thing this but- is the thing like She's questioning herself. She's very she openly demonstrates a, an attraction to Beth, her friend. Yeah. She says she's very jealous when other women spend time with her. Yeah. Which is the first rainbow <laughs> in the margin. Um, but yeah, there's this it's this, you know, this thing that, you know, drugs make you bad and gay is bad. Drugs make you gay. That's annoying. Also, more I, than annoying. Yes. <laughs> and wrong. I'm just <laughs> my brain's slow, guys. It's fine. Uh, I think that what really stood out and bothered me from this, the author, yeah. is that it was okay in many ways for her to question and ask, think about her own sexuality and who she's attracted to and all that. But as soon as it came to men, it was very line in the sand, it felt to me. It just felt like the way they, because the two girls walk in onto their boyfriends right. and they're, they're having a uh, sexual encounter. Right. And the way they talk about it just feels so much more negative than how she's addressing the the her her experience as a woman i i think there's a little bit of that i and i do think that that's i i do think that that's somewhat true and sort of historically there's a there's certainly a bias against yes. gay men um but what i do i think that there's an element of betrayal in that moment mm-hmm. which code which colors her interpretation so if we're actually pretending that this is written by a 15 year old girl which i think <laughs> it, we're beyond yes uh you know, I think there's an element of betrayal there that also affects that feeling. Mm-hmm. I think that up until this point, she doesn't recognize her own potential homosexuality or her own attraction to women. But later she does equate it mm-hmm. to being like that it's gross and bad. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where she's in. We can talk about it yeah. later, but there is a scene where she's sort of in the, you know, one of her relapses where she's like, you know, just, you know, getting down in the high Ashbury or whatever the heck she's doing. And she talks very clearly about how she has this attraction to women and that's gross and that's bad. Mm-hmm. So I do think she's. I don't necessarily know if I think it's just towards gay men, but because I think it is colored yeah. by her betrayal. But I think there is a, a, the the threat of drugs make you gay and gay, or or, yeah. and gay, or drugs make you bad. And one of the things that come with badness is, yeah. is homosexuality is I, obviously very strong. It just this. made me upset with the author. Oh, for sure. You know for what I mean? Sure. That's. I think as an adult reading it, it made yes. me sad, especially for any young people reading this that are questioning or just anything. And and to have it act like this is a 15-year-old, it just right. bothered me. Yes. It, the author's bias bothered me once yeah. I knew it wasn't written by a 15-year-old because right. that person had an agenda and that bothers me. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah there's certainly Many agendas. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. Yeah. Many feelings. Yeah. I was sort of I, I, my initial thought when I read that was like, well, girl, he can't help it. <laughs> Yeah, not your fault. Yeah, (laughs) like you know, I kept thinking. uh, I don't. There's a there's a show called Women Who Kill. Oh yeah, and (laughs) have you seen it? I've heard of it. It's very good. Lucy Liu. uh, Oh, I have been watching that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and so you know, spoiler. I think this season is like two years old. So okay, but you know, her husband comes out and Mm -hmm. she is initially betrayed. because of the cheating, right? And that's because of the lie of just right. Yeah, the dishonesty. But then later she's like, you know, look at you, proud gay man. I just always think of, you know, the fact that she is supportive because mm-hmm. like, she can't, she can't help yeah. that, you know, that's not her, 
that's that's not her fault or no i what is frustrating is the betrayal right that like obviously they're together and they're using these two young women <laughs> to like these i mean these guys move drugs to children uh, yeah also i just want to say i do not like the dynamic of college guys dating high school girls mm. just in general like in real life i didn't even like when i was in high school no. some senior guys dated freshman girls yeah. and i was like well, these it's, these young women are it's, they're too young i i remember it was Ugh. it was the summer it was like so it was right after eighth grade and we were going into ninth grade and i was on the dance team and so you had to go to like sports day where you got like signed up and everything and so my mom went with me because mm-hmm. most of the younger kids had moms with in, with them or whatever parents and anyway my mom and I are standing in line and like I don't know like five or six of the defensive line of the football team um, the varsity football team are standing Ugh. in front of us with these beards and they're huge and my mom told me later she's like I was so afraid for you she's like you're uh, going to school with men yeah and you're still this like little girl yeah and I remember being like definitely intimidated by them because it's like you have a beard like a dad right um but yeah it's it's intense I had a friend in high school that we were in seniors in high school which you know we're 17 18 but yeah. she was dating a cop in town who was like 23 no yeah Oh, no. Yeah. So no, I'm no, again, no. I always tell my girls like, hey, it, it might be flattering. But like if a guy's dating someone significantly younger, it, there's something wrong with him. Yeah. And um, you need to avoid at all costs. My high school English teacher actually said the same thing to us. And I, it sort of stuck with me because absolutely. And the older I get, the more I realize how that is definitely like a mm-hmm. thing. I remember when I was a senior, a couple of the senior guys who actually one of whom at the time I had sort of had kind of a long standing crush on started dating these freshmen, Hmm. uh, freshmen coming in. And I thought, (laughs) nope, I'm good. I'm going to college. I'm just going to spend the last year enjoying my time with my friends and I'm Mm -hmm. getting the heck out of here because like I get time for that. It's over. Yeah, it's just done. Yeah. Apparently I'm over the hill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. I'll dry it up. (laughs) So gross. Oh, it's disgusting. But, you know, I think that when you're but I do think there's a level of uh, maturity and not saying I was more mature because I was definitely really immature. But I was the right I was I was 17. I was the right or I was 16, I guess, at the time. You know, I I was the right mature for that age. Mm -hmm. But there there is a certain, you know, it is flattering and it is attractive. But, you know, even though it feels good, sometimes you should be like, just yeah. Thank you, but no. Yeah. Thank you, but no. Thank God Bring It On came out when I was in high school because I feel like that really illustrated how gross a college age boyfriend <laughs> oh gosh, was yeah. for a high school yeah. student. It's just so <laughs> Thank it's you, so Kristen weird. Dunst, for really pointing that out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is, it is just, it is weird. It's yes. weird. And, and again, it is weirder the older you get typically. And you look back and you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. 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 Not hot. So the girls see this going Sorry. down and it is time now. They're just like, we're out of here. And yes. they steal some money and they flee. <laughs> like they just they just decide where we've had it with our lives and they flee and they go to San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yes. And that is a big turn. So I yeah. love it because they were like, we're going to open a store, a boutique and just have a clothing store. And we're going to live the big city life. San Francisco. They have no idea about rent. Nothing. Payroll insurance. Nothing. <laughs> like it, it, nothing. And no. so. So it's it's hard for a while for them. Yes. And eventually they get jobs. Um, yes. 
And Chris gets a job working for a very fashionable lady at a fashionable yes. store. Uh, Shilia. Yes. And this is where it really just goes downhill, like high trigger warning. Like the girls get brought into some parties and they really, this is when they start doing heroin. Yeah. I think, and, and they get raped. They get like brutally sexually assaulted over and over. Yes. And again, I was reading this like, uh, why was I reading this when I was 12 and 13? Like, yeah. without without any guidance of like how to process that and what does that mean and look like and yeah yeah well and in the movie i have to say so they have a scene in the movie where they're depicting this but they're not showing anything they're just showing the girls like begging for drugs it's very a clockwork orange like it, it was just very ugh. yeah anyway you know i think sometimes about the way that i imagine literature so this is this happened when um i started watching game of thrones mm -hmm. and uh if you haven't watched game of thrones many of the sort of um intrigue moments are set in brothels mm. and in my mind when i read game of thrones i just thought oh yes many women in robes i like pictured sort of <laughs> sort of like you know I, I don't know, best little whorehouse in Texas. Yes. Like, you know, like Dolly Parton dancing around. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. medieval best little whorehouse. And uh, which is a lovely movie if you haven't read it or watched it. It's very good. Uh, but, you know, um, I, I got to the when I saw actual Game of Thrones, there were, you know, naked people and naked women and a lot of sex happening. And I just thought my little... You know, even as an adult, my little PG-13 uh -huh. was like, maybe there's women with with robes and maybe you can see the outlines of the boobies. Of a, <laughs> of a bosom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the, the light, slightest suggestion of a breast. Yeah. You know? it, was so, <laughs> it was so sweet. But I think the same thing happens when I read this, even as a kid, that like my, in my mind, I did not really I didn't process. understand what that was. I don't think I yeah. really understood what that that violent act was yeah it, in some sense in so many ways this book preys on the innocence of children mm -hmm. yes so like lay the seeds of propaganda yeah it's disgusting <laughs> but i love my memories of it but it is it's, it's just again i would never encourage now somebody to read it yes. or without like a lot of disclaimer uh-huh uh -huh. So this horrible thing happens to the girls and they they're kind of realizing like, hey, this isn't really the life that we want. Yeah. And they call home. Yep. They go home. And moms and dads are very excited to hear them about yes. or hear from them. And um, they go home and, you know, the anonymous Cordelia McFudgeon pop, whatever we just got to <laughs> name her. Pop. Um, she's just like, I'm going to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yes, uh, it doesn't work out for her. No, she ends up meeting kids at home and she relapses basically into drug use. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the point, And actually, this is about the point where I wrote a lot in the margins. Um, so this book is an anti-drug book, obviously very much an anti-drug book. And one of the things is really, um, I think, one of shame. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that prevents her from going home is this feeling, you know, during her relapses, or she talks frequently about, I want to talk to my parents. I'm mm -hmm. lonely. I'm sad. I wish I could talk to, you know, first love Roger. I wish I could talk to later loves, you know, about this because I'm feeling this uncertainty and I don't know, but I have this shame. I'm dirty. I'm gross, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think the irony of this book is that, you know, 
it's an anti-drug book that basically is also shaming drug users mm-hmm. to say they're dirty, they're gay. Oh, gasp the mm-hmm. grossness of it all. You know, and, you know, she basically the thing that it's trying, it's trying to stop drug use. But in what it really does is in, sort of impart this feeling of shame, which actually is what prevents people who may want to get out of the cycle of unhealthy drug use from actually getting out of that cycle. So in some sense, this book actually proliferates the problem that it's trying to supposedly prevent. Mm -hmm. She's constantly dealing with this feeling of shame. You know, her body is shameful. Her her womanness is shameful. Her, you know, drug use is shameful. Her Her friends... Her feelings are shameful. Her feelings are shameful. Everything is shameful. And she just constantly goes through these cycles of shame. I also think she goes through pretty wild highs and pretty wild lows that might imply that she also potentially had an issue with depression. Okay, this is probably propaganda. Yes. But (laughs) when I was younger, I think this came out of D.A.R.E. I remember them telling us that if you take acid you could have a psychotic break and you won't know until you take it and um it it, if it happened like i remember them telling us a story about how someone like ended up like trying to just like mutilate themselves and then was always in that state for the rest of their lives and if you ever do acid that's the gamble you're gonna take yeah bad acid trip it'll come back to you yes yeah you'll be stuck in that state forever that is the that was the message that i um got when i was uh in yeah. the D.A.R.E. program. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Yeah. Anyway, I just, it yeah. It would be nice to talk to a drug professional about this. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, that's I, not that our role. No. But Google, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's, that's what's so frustrating about this is that, you know, they just keep coming back to this this cycle of of shame and that if you do drugs oh you know not even once which i think for things like meth that's probably certainly true don't do that fentanyl let's maybe not that seems rough but you know the the point isn't necessarily to deal to if people want off those things the shame also might prevent them from doing that and so we should not do that the the attitude in general i think in american drug culture or american drug education is very different I went to, well, I did some work in Sweden. One time we went over to Copenhagen and we went to their, basically their version of the Exploratorium. Mm. And they had this dis, uh, display demonstration about drugs. And they, you could take drugs in this simulation, right? So you'd press the button to take marijuana mm. or you would, you, or to, to take one marijuana, uh, you would take LSD <laughs> or something. And you can actually mix like two of them and they would talk about how two drugs interacted. But Rather than saying, you know, at the end of taking too much marijuana where they were like, now you're a dirty gay hippie. You know, they said they were very they were very much like these are the negative things that can happen if you do this. Mm -hmm. And if you do do this, this is who you should call or this is who you should. You know, these are the ways that these things can interact and these are bad. And so rather than shaming the user, they just tried to present information about these are the ways this could go bad or these are the feelings you're going to feel. You know, mm-hmm. you'll feel a bit elated. You'll feel hungry, then tired. You know, you'll feel these things. But these are, this is the downside. This is the upside. They were, yeah. It was a very different attitude. Yeah. This is all very shame based. Yeah. And I think that that actually maybe even in this in, in the very book we're discussing prevents her from actually getting help when she needs it. Yeah. I think what's frustrating, too, is that, like, 
it's all shame around the street drugs, but clearly tranquilizers and sleeping pills and Valiums and all of that was readily available in people's, you know, um, medicine cabinets and right. doctors just prescribing it to teens. Yeah. Not that that happens. Like, I'm not saying doctors. Well, sometimes. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it just was, I don't know, it's just very the classism, I guess, of it. The classism of drug use and what we consider. Yeah. And like, oh, that's yeah. a classy drug to use. I'm just on Adderall. You know, yeah. like, yeah, you know, like abusing it or. Right. Well, and I think it too betrays the fact that you can still like have very, you know, well-educated or, you know, in her book, in this book, the grandparents are sort of, you could Gramps could still be addicted to like a, a pain med, which mm-hmm. is, you know, saying that that can't happen is one of the things I think that's led to you know, oh, issues yeah. here. Heck yeah. So, so, uh, so, uh, and kind of, we're kind of off on the timeline, I think, here, or I'm going to go off, but then grandpa has a stroke. Yes. And then passes. Yes. And then grandma passes shortly after. So it's a lot of stress. Yes. She'd been struggling. And then I can't remember, but she goes to Denver at some point, like just wakes up in Denver. Yeah, she she decides to she relapses. Right. And she ends up saying, I'm just going to go to Denver, which I guess Rocky Mountain High. Yeah. (laughs) But but I think that I (laughs) it was there. She meets up with this girl who has been basically sexually sexually trafficked. Yes. Her entire since she was a child. I mean, she is a child, but even. I thought that was this isn't the lady in the in the home or in the no this is the girl in Denver that was like she she kind of stayed with her for a little while and she was like 10 talking about the essay and her family and just how she's now because now she's basically the girl is becoming a baby prostitute right they call her a baby yeah they call her a baby prostitute which is horrific Yes. Um, this is also when she sort of like loses her diary and there's a there's a note that she's just writing them on paper bags. So somehow she was very high, <laughs> very high all the time, but still managed oh to gosh. carry around a bag of her diary. Uh-huh. Compiled. Yeah. Collated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sometimes Found dated, footage. but not always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, the, the red flags on this was not written by a 15-year-old drug user in the 60s is high. It's there. But we should have known. We should have known. But we didn't. Yes. Um, yes. So if things go. She bottoms out again. Bottoms out. But then she ends up back home. Well, yeah. Wait. Via Cali- Southern California. Right. Wait, I don't remember that. Uh, she goes to a rally, right? They go to Coos Bay. They go to Denver. They decide they hate oh, Denver. Yeah. They go to Oregon, yep. and then they make They're their way down. They're rainy and feeling horrible yeah, all the time. It's, which it's very cold on the west side sometimes. And then they go down, go on down to uh, Southern California, and uh, she has that's she really bottoms out hard here. This is where she actually has several. This is where her the comments about her being sad about being gay, which again the mm. drugs made her gay. Um, I've been the digger here, but now when I face a girl, it's like facing a boy. I get all excited and turned on. I want to to screw. Sorry if you're offended by that, but this is the text. I want to screw with the girl, you know, but then I get all tensed up and scared. I feel goddamn good in a way and goddamn bad in a way. Uh, I'd rather be with liked by a guy than a girl, but I can't. Sometimes I want one of the girls to kiss me and she goes and goes on and on and then just goes on about how sad or how like bad that is Mm -hmm. so i i do think some of the the internalized homophobia is certainly there oh yeah and and not just towards uh gay men but also gay women 
this book hates everyone. I'm honestly surprised. Unless there, you're I, a good God fearing, <laughs> drugless person. Yeah. Well, I was honestly surprised they didn't have more racism in the book. Like that she didn't run into a group of like, you know, oh, inner city I got, black kids that got her on crack. You know, I mean, I crack got, wasn't around then, but yeah. I got very nervous when she was meeting the Jewish girl and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I was like, please, no. it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> no, but no, but really there wasn't a whole yeah, lot we of had like, all the other isms racism. Yeah. in here, but not, yeah. not racism for the most part. Good job, Beverly or the lady. I, I think it's because, this. well, I mean, this lady was LDS, I think, and then oh. left. She, yeah, she was Mormon, um, which explained a lot of um, yeah things too. I think she left the church, but again, I'm not a hundred percent. You do yes. your own research. That's yeah. not what we're here for. We're here to entertain with yes. very depressing reading material. So I do think there was one very uh, true moment mm-hmm. in this book. And I, I really resonated with it, which was the uh, point where she, after Denver has, is no longer high. She's, mm-hmm. she's in remission, I guess, or she's, she's cleaned up. And she talks about how touching the cat is better than drugs. Uh, yes. <laughs> Done. Literally, so. as you were talking, I was like, where's my cat? Like, <laughs> only, like part of this book, only part of this book that's true. Cats better than drugs. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Love my cats. Yes. So much. Yeah. Would do anything for them. Yes. Started crying the other day when I thought about Fratelli passing away from old age. No. Um, <laughs> I was like, I read a thing. She was being quite horrible. Side note, my cat is a Siamese cat. And she gave me a puncture wound on Saturday. She's also a year old for people thinking she might die tomorrow. <laughs> she's a year old. Okay. But but I literally Googled. It's like six in the morning. I'm don't I'm not bleeding. I'm like, I think I have a puncture wound. And so I'm like, Google, why are, why is my Siamese cat so mean? And so I'm reading through and then it's talking about their life expecting a expectancy of up to you know 15 to 20 years and then i was just like oh my gosh you have 14 to 19 more yes of uh, puncture uh, wounds yes. so i'm fine but anyway um but cats are definitely better than drugs yeah, right here like alex's mother cat just had a batch of baby kittens and i sat on the porch and just kept looking at them it was a revelation without drugs without anything but the kittens whose fur is like all the softness in the world put together that's right cats better than drugs that lady's (laughs) got one thing right so all right so eventually she gets back home again Yes. And things are actually better. Touches like she, she touches kitty. And she is like she's she's not using. She's in no. she's sober at the time. Yes. And she's babysitting. She's like people are coming up to her at school and be like, oh, are you holding? And she's like, no. And the, she becomes a straight. And then hardly with those passages about how you feel about ladies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and she starts dating one of her uh, yes. dad's students who's in college. I know he's 18 and like he's an accelerated student. But still. Gross. Yep. Still real gross. Um, and she's like hanging out a lot at the library and studying and doing all the things. And and um, one oh. dad tries to get him a scholarship. Yes. Nepotism also exists as one of the isms in this book. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it has it all. And so eventually like um, she's babysitting one night and uh She's actually a stand-in for one of her old friends who's into yes. the into the lifestyle still. And she comes over and she's like just out of her mind. Yes. And our 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 lovely friend is like, oh, whoa, whoa. I think she calls her mom or something and is like, come pick her up. And yeah, homegirl freaks out and yes. um basically makes her life a living hell at school, causes yes. her a snitch, and people accost her in the halls, accost her at a park. 
which is terrifying. Yes. I think this really hits the propaganda slash uh, fantasy part yeah. of this book pretty hard, which is that there's just random people, you know, bullying her and there's random people, you know, accosting her in the halls. All of a sudden she is, you know, she's she's very worried for her own safety. But I think there's a word that gets thrown around, which is persecution. And I think that that really sums up sort of this is the idea is that mm. if you try to lead a good and righteous life, you will face this, <laughs> this yeah. persecution rather than, you know, as somebody yeah. who did basically lead the like real square, full 90 degrees, like very the most square of the square. Mm -hmm. All sides are the same side mm -hmm. levels of squareness. Nobody ever bullied me for not taking drugs. Mm -hmm. I got bullied for other stuff. stuff yeah. Like, I got made fun of for being fat, <laughs> but nobody was ever like, hey, non-drug doer. Mm -hmm. like, the kids that were doing drugs were too busy doing drugs. Yeah. To, to <laughs> Honestly, to even. They didn't give a crap. Mm -mm. And also, they were just smoking weed by the library. It was yeah. fine. And these, I don't know, I, just the whole thing was just very like this whole segment of her being persecuted and very like bullied and really... Uh, even before she like quote unquote snitched on her friend, yes, they were like, "You're not parting with us, so we're just gonna just make your life hell." It was the weird, the weirdest thing. Yes. I've seen lots of peer pressure. I've done a lot of peer pressure. We don't go like that, okay? No, no, yeah. It seemed very much like this was the fantasy that many, um, you know, very scared. You know, we can't be upset about communism anymore because we can't blacklist. <laughs> Joseph McCarthy has failed. What are we going to be upset about now? Mm -hmm. Oh, the drugs, you the know. The drugs, yeah. Th this idea that, like, you just have all these... It it goes. It comes back to the stranger danger yeah. thing about you know where are you more likely to have an encounter with drugs? These like random people or all these people bullying you and you know oh. these people from the shadows are gonna come out and they're going to bully you for your non-drugness. I'm sorry. I'm just having flashes of how every single freaking year around Halloween, there's always news news stories and reports about. Parents, watch out for that candy. People are slipping edibles into your kids' Halloween candy, and I'm like. I don't, I've never bought edibles, but it's my understanding they're not cheap. Yeah. And I'm like, who's passing out Yeah, those are edibles. expensive. I know it happened once. I believe it happened to a teacher that a package of edibles that were yeah. um, Sour Patch Kid edibles got into like something. But that's generally an accident. That's like, yeah. you know. But nobody's intentionally like, I'm going to dose all these kids. And but it's Texas been, Roadhouse by where I went to college. Once somebody accidentally gave a bunch of kids some margarita when they thought it was juice. So I mean, sometimes it these things happen, but usually not intentional because <laughs> yes. nobody got money for that, especially these days. Again, in this economy, <laughs> in this economy nobody's <laughs> trying to dose anybody. Okay, but um, keeping it for yourself. <laughs> Homegirl, Homegirl is doing pretty good again. Yes. She's like on the straight narrow, straight and narrow, and. She gets dosed, though. She gets another button. She button. Gets dosed. Who's got the button? Well, she got the button again. Yeah. She's babysitting and she goes to drink some open drink at the parents' house. But so somebody it's slipped the again. in the back door. <laughs> this this is, the again, the fear. Yeah. You can't even trust the drink in your own home. Yeah. It could, <laughs> somebody could have tampered with it while you've, when you've already opened it and drank from it and put it back and it's just been there for three days. I just keep Crazy. imagining like you know pink like Pink Panther like or just you know somebody like do 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 Mission Impossible the level I think the girl's name's Jen yeah like the level of like crazy that Jen went to to yes. try and like get back at her friend is 
I mean, it doesn't make any sense. No, they just beat her up. That's yeah. what happens. If like if, yeah. if you are the snitch that get it's not snitches get secretly drugged by these expensive <laughs> drugs. No, you get stitches. Yes. You you get beat up. Yes. They're gonna cut your hair off. They're gonna slice you in the face. Exactly. They're not gonna be like, you know what, guys? Okay, we're gonna get the parents to leave by yeah. giving them a fake, you know, gift certificate to the sizzler. <laughs> get them out of the house. <laughs> She's gonna go babysit. Mike's gonna climb in the back door. Dose yeah. the drink that she might drink. We don't know. Exactly. And just whatever. If she, Maybe she doesn't drink water at this thing. Yeah. Well, Mark, we will deal with that when it comes. <laughs> like a whole thing. And then so she's had acid many times at yes. this point. Many. And this is like a trip like no other. I don't know This is the why. psychotic break one that they yes. promised. So this she, is what Dare told you about. This is it. She ends up locking herself into a closet and basically rips her, her fingers off. Yeah, and her skin bogs her head, gives herself a concussion and then and wakes up in a hospital days later. So, you know, when I was reading this, I part of me was like, well, maybe this was brought on by the drugs. But some of this felt a little like existing condition. So some of these things had like some Uh, of her her. Yeah. Struggles were she had the struggles that she had before she did the drugs. Mm -hmm. Right. She was she had exhibited disorder eating you know, some issues with self-confidence, things like that. And also, again, these high highs and these low lows that Mm -hmm. might imply that she, you know, is maybe struggling with some depression or some, you know, some mental illness. You know, maybe that's, maybe the drugs pushed her over the edge. I don't know. Maybe she's been bullied for, you know, for however she felt, which apparently was persecuted. She had been bullied by these other people. Oh, yeah. So I don't know, maybe I yeah. It feels very like trumped up. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Well, and uh, the piece de la resistance. Yeah. Did I say that? I yes. think so. Is that literally <laughs> she's <French>. like <laughs> <laughs> she's like working through like she's the program and there are some legal ramifications. They're trying to keep her out of jail. Yeah. Um, because her friends are lying on her and. Eventually, Saying she fed, gave them drugs. That she was a drug dealer still and all this stuff. And anyway, eventually she gets out of the hospital and she doesn't go to jail. And so she's like, all right, diary, like I'm going to start anew. I'm going to um, I'm no longer going to be writing in you. What are well, you looking? What's- she also I mean, she has a heck of a trip in the um, in the sort of institution as well. Oh, I don't remember that one. The, with Babby. The child, the other baby prostitute that was hanging out that oh. she also felt sort of a magical rainbow feelings for. Oh. July 30th on page 160. She got jealous and she w- asked if she would end up a hard, butch, angry at some child who had given her affection to an old woman. Oh, my god! Again, one, you want to be butch? Embrace it. Yes. Be who you are. <laughs> I'm uh, jealous. I like... I have several very butch fashion icons that I follow mm-hmm. <laughs> that I am, you know, enjoy it. Um, but yeah, the, her, her time in the institution is also very, it's very dismissive of people who actually, you know, might be struggling with mental illness that she sort of, she calls things like, she calls it like the freak wharf and she calls it all these things. You know, it's very dismissive when she herself is having also this breakdown. And maybe mm-hmm. that's like one way of her own. If again, we're, not accepting this that this is actually the anonymous diary of a child but you know she she the book itself is also very dismissive of mental illness which oh yeah also might contribute to self-medication yes 
That's the thing I kept thinking. She's self-medicating. Yeah. I kept wanting to be like, what is your route? Like, what else had ha- what, has, what else has happened that made yeah. it go this way? Um, I forgot a big part of this that we haven't talked about. Uh-oh. Are all the pregnancy scares. Like. Yeah. There's it- one drug you should be taking. <laughs> the pill. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but we don't even know what day it is. So it wouldn't even work. And I'm just like, yeah. Hi. Okay. I mean, Bless true. Me. But. But yeah, just the, I'm just I I marked. She one does of the have things. very many pregnancies. Yeah, she. This is September 17th. She's like, when did you know I got my period? And I'm just like, okay. I did see an e card once that said getting your period is like Christmas for the sexually active. <laughs> <laughs> do, <laughs> this is random, but know do you, you know that there's that. like period parties now for girls where is they this... get like all red gifts and yeah, the red periods tent. and tan red tent parties, right? The menage parties. Uh, they're not called that. It's for the children's, her. right? Like when a girl gets her first period. This ha- this this has been happening for a while. This okay. happened when Sam I was is in college. Very aggressively pointing her finger at me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you have that period party. <laughs> Better than I had, which is a shame. Talk about how now I could be pregnant. <laughs> You're a woman now, and that comes with responsibilities. Oh, gee, Spider Man! Like what the heck? <laughs> yeah, God, I wish that was the skills oh, I got. <laughs> Instead, it was just like, and enjoy your cramps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Enjoy the wild craving for chocolate you're going to mm-hmm. get for three days beforehand. Oh, my gosh. No, no. I, I think we should, we should, again, maybe this is our radical views, but, you know, periods are part of life for 50% of humanity. So we maybe should just, well, maybe, okay, like the, the, scientist in me is now wanting to calculate how many people oh, please put that away for many for <laughs> half of our population they have potentially menstruated so you know I, I think this is cool i support this so we're towards the end of the book now yeah and it takes a turn <laughs> like a hard turn <laughs> like things are literally seeming like okay she's got her stuff together she has support she has a boyfriend yeah it seems like things she has are... all the things that she you know could have that could have caused some of these things. And she's like, and in her final journal she's, entry, she's very happy. She still struggles with shame, though. She, even like just a few days before, she talks about how she's, um, I wonder what nice Frank would think if he knew the real inside me. Mm. So she's still struggling with the shame, which, thank you, book writer mm-hmm. Beverly. <laughs> not whatever. a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> Well, but like, but she's still struggling with the shame. Yeah. Which again, instead of saying, being able to say like, I mean, th- in some sense, this is like the, the honest conversation with yourself is th- what things like Alcoholics and, and Narcotics Anonymous are trying to have, which is, you know, I am so and so I am anonymous and I'm an alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know, she can't say this to herself and everybody keeps stuffing it down. So in some sense, maybe she is ripe for a relapse, but it really does feel like it comes out of left field. So I just want to say this. The last page of the book um, of the of her diary, it's pretty positive, you know, and she's talking about how she um, she's filled up this diary and she thought she'd get another one. But she's like she's like uh, when I, I think when a person gets older, she should be able to discuss her problems and thoughts with other people. OK, a little growth, maybe. Yeah, um, but she's still ashamed of who she is. I know How can that. she talk? She can't talk about it even in her diary. Well, she does talk about it, but she I, can't. She says she can't talk about her shame with her other people. She's I, setting herself up for failure. I know clearly because three weeks later she's dead, <laughs> <laughs> like abruptly dead. Like it's just like 
the subject of this book died three weeks later. She did not keep another diary. What? <laughs> like, what happened? What happened? They're like, oh, oh no, her parents just came home from a movie and found her dead. They don't know if it was an accident, overdose, or if she was, you know, killed. Or premeditated suicide. Yeah. yeah. But who knows? We don't. But we decided that we're going to share her journal because, you know, she's just one of the thousands of deaths that happen each year. Learn from her. Don't do drugs. So do you remember reading this book? <laughs> At the age that you read this book, did you re- finish this book and remember and think, wow, I'm not going to do drugs? No, I was like, I'm going to run away to California and play a guitar. <laughs> Sounds lit. And like, <laughs> I'm going to just like be a free spirit. I'm going to have sex with everybody. I'm going to try every drug. Yeah. I can't wait. And I mean, yeah. but then like the the shame and the like worry popped in. But yeah, the fantasy was definitely like to live this life. It was not. It definitely fell on deaf ears. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like yeah, I would have stopped at the co- the Coca Cola party. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. The LSD sounded pretty wild. Like yeah. that seemed like that, that would have been, been fun. A, that would have been a great story. <laughs> Check. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. Actually, I'd be curious to see because this is like one of these like dare is actually ineffective. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if there was any way that you could actually, you know, within the limits of of the measurement nerd. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's bullying herself. (laughs) I know. I just finished the other part of the coffee cocktail that Beth couldn't finish. And I'm like, I'm having like this little conversation with myself. Um, But, you know, objectively, if this book, you probably can't do it objectively, but if this book had actually prevented anything and my feeling would probably probably be no. No. Do you I don't, think it has? I don't think I don't think it could because it's not real. I think if it was a I think not this story because I none of the story is true, but if they had really yes. like used the words of a 15 year old that had gone through something, yes. it could have it could have been like that educational moment you had in the red light district. So wherever you were. In Copenhagen. Oh at the museum. It, well, I, okay. I also went to the red light district of Amsterdam. Okay, that was sorry. a different moment. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, that was with my mother. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, well, that's a story. It was a time <laughs> we were trying to get to Anne Frank's house. <laughs> oh, like, what's happening? Yeah. Oh, wow. That lady's really gesturing at us. Um, uh, you know, our friend, our mutual friend, Boyana, told us about a book about a and and by a, a woman who had fallen into the trap of like doing drugs and engaging in things like prostitution to try to like feed her high. And she talked about how devastating that book was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this book was devastating, but not for the reasons where I was like, oh, man, drugs sound terrible. Yeah, it was devastating because I was well, one, I was sad for like the depictions of homosexuality and, you know, LGBTQ. Yeah. Plus you know populations it was devastating for the shame that it it sort of tried to inspire in people who might have done drugs but it wasn't devastating because i, I was sad for the person who had been i mean i was sad for the for the character for the moments where she had been taken advantage of mm-hmm. which i think actually you know when when i talked to you know my husband about this when I talk about what I would, if we had kids, what I would say to kids about mm-hmm. doing drugs, it's not the experience, you know, there, there are psycholo- there can be psychological effects and there can be neurological damage if you go too far and all these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a good South Park that talks about pot making you okay with being bored. You know, those things I think are all legitimate. But I think the thing that makes me the saddest for the main character and what I would want to impart on my children is that it's not that i care about the drugs it's that i don't want you to be in a position where you can be unduly taken advantage of. yes and that's what makes me sad about this book is she was in positions that she was 
you know, unfairly taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that that's unique to doing drugs. I think that's somewhat her plight as a woman in this country. But, yes. you know, yeah, that's the part that upsets me. And so yeah. I'd be curious to read the the, the other book that our, our good, good Jay. friend. Jay's Journal. What? <laughs> Is Are that the t- name of it? Yeah. <laughs> Was it the, the, the German one that oh, Boyana talked about? No, you're. oh, I thought you were talking about the sequel to this. There's a there's not a sequel. She did. No, there's a sequel by the same author though called Jay's Journal. It's the oh. boy, it's the boy version. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> yeah, like it says very clearly, nope. she is dead. <laughs> it's it's Jay's Journal. Oh, and it's a harrowing story oh. of a teenage uh, troubled teenage into drugs, Satanism, and suicide. She did hit Satanism. Yes, she became a princess of Satanism. Who? This uh, the, in the book Cornelia McFudgesickle. <laughs> I totally missed the Satanism part. Oh, it happens when she bottoms out in like San Francisco oh. the second time. Okay. I just, I think there was so much at some point. I mean, I tried to color code all the issues by like, um, mm. by problem, but clearly I missed. Page 95 in my edition, which is the Aladdin paperback, uh, copyright 71, but uh, edition March 1998, if you're following along. Um, Again, it also tells me that Go Ask Alice is taken from White Rabbit by Grace Slick of nice. Jefferson Airplane. Wow. Have you heard that book song? Of course. It's a bop. Yeah. It's such a bop. It's good. Get it, girl. Grace Slick is also an incredible like artist. But I okay. digress. So page 95. I don't know when or what. Sorry. I don't know what or when or where or who it is. I only know that I am now a priestess of Satan. Trying to maintain after a freakout to test how free everybody was and to take our vows. What the heck? That's a feeling I feel. Oh my god! During proposal season, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm trying to get funding from my research, oh my I often gosh. feel like a priestess of Satan trying to maintain after a freakout. Gosh, the whole <laughs> Satanism thing of the '80s, Satanic Panic. Yeah. So that actually that that really did hit when I remember the first time I played D and D. And Ooh. I, oh, I told my parents, mistake. I mean, I'm very thankful, I guess, of all the faults of my parents, which there are many. Love you guys. But mm. they didn't have that. They did. Yeah. <laughs> I love their approach to drugs. So when yeah. I was about 14. So basically, right after I read this book, we were driving in the car. I remember we were driving. I can remember just sitting with my mom. We're driving to like, there was a, used to be a grocery store here called Butchery's. And so we're headed to Butchery's or something. Anyway, she's like, you know, Beth, if you ever want to try drugs, you just need to let your dad and I know and we'll do them with you. <laughs> any, any, anything you want to try, we can get yeah. for you. And we can just, you know, you can just experiment at home with us. Yeah. Guess who's never done drugs? Me. And boy, having your parents be like open like that. I do Ugh. think a lot of these things, the, the real kicker is the uh, is the taboo, right? Oh, yeah. So my parents, they weren't big on alcohol. They joke that they can like, <laughs> they can get buzzed on one of the little mini bottle, the little six, four packs of mini bottles. Relatable. Of, <laughs> as we found out. Yes. Uh, and then have enough to do it again. And... <laughs> They they sort of are they're very much like sort of lightweights you know they were also very you know they were they were not open about drugs but you know were not unaccepting mm-hmm. and therefore I turned to cocktails <laughs> <laughs> no my parents were the same about um actually about um like sex mm-hmm. my mom was always like you know if you have sex it's very important that you just you tell me and we can get you tested and get you on birth control and I was like immediately like. You know, I joined like the abstinence only groups. 
was like, I'm um, going to be abstinent till marriage. <laughs> my, I'm literally like having trauma response. So like oh, no. my mom, I was driving, we were driving to dance class. Mm-hmm. We were driving home from dance class. And so it was like, I don't know, it was dark. We're driving. It's, it was in, it was in, Rich, so it was from Kennewick to Richland. Uh-huh. So that's like not that big of a drive. But it's when a you're young. 15 minute drive. It is a very long drive. It's just like, what is this? Oh, but when you're trapped in the car. <laughs> yeah, it's just with your mom. And my mom's talking to me and no. she's just like, you know, you know, Beth, um, when you, you know, you should, you should really try to marry a man with a big penis. I'm <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> like, 13 or 14 or me are just like, what the hell is this? And then she's just what like, she's like, she, she basically was like, I lucked out with your dad. Oh my and God, I'm just no, like, no, no, no. I was like, no, no, I was like, no, please make it stop. No, and I remember we were like, la, la, we, la, la. our house was like, the back of our house was on the main road and we were passing. I'm like, I just need to get home. I just need to get home. And she kept, and then you open the door and you rolled out. Oh, no. She, and she, well, before that happened, she's like, it will fill you up. <gasps> and I'm like, God's love. <laughs> I was like, I'm 13. I'm like, fill what up? Like, I. I wasn't like the most innocent yeah. kid, but I wasn't like 13 oh, and out. Like, that's very different. I got you. It's just as easy to marry a rich one as it is a poor one. <laughs> well, that's, that was, that was I my mean, marriage. Both is great advice, I guess. It's just, <laughs> you know. Advice. Oh my gosh. It was just traumatic. Yeah. Um, it, it's always wild, like what parents think, like, oh, is this is what the next say. generation needs to know. Yeah. This is what yeah. you need to hear right now yeah. um, in this very, like, you know, vulnerable, vulnerable growth moment, special moment. <laughs> Let me just tell you about your dad's penis. <laughs> oh my gosh, traumatized. Anyway, so we need to rate this book. So, um, I don't know what our scale is going to be this time around. <laughs> I really am like taking inspiration from uh, Conan's Clueless Gamer. We're just throwing some crap out there. It's <laughs> what do you guys? Um, I think I'm going to give it um two lines in a puff. <laughs> She never does coke. She doesn't because that's, a, you know. Is of the 80s? I think maybe it's more of an 80s thing. I'm sure mm. it was around, but like but like sexy wise, LSD was definitely like sexier in the like 60s, 70s, it seems like. That's true. There's a very good podcast, just a quick aside about um, that. It's about music, but it actually does cover sort of the rise of <laughs> Timothy Leary. I just need to say for the record that Sam brings this up in every conversation I have I with her. I love this podcast so much. <laughs> and she's called- always like, it's so dry and wonderful. Yeah. I wish I could meet him. Um, <laughs> we would talk about dry things. Um, it's called the history of music and Fi- uh, history of rock music and five hundred songs, and it does go through like a lot of like the sort of Timothy Leary and the rise of like LSD and what they thought it was going to bring to like human consciousness and art, and in some sense it did. Like mm-hmm. it, it truly did. Oh. What are you feeling for this? Two speed balls. It never ends well. <laughs> Like so bad. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say it it was fun to revisit. Um, again, it's having a resurgence, so there's lots of like talk about it on Reddit right now, and there's um, there's the book that just came out that kind of that goes through this, and there's quite a. I think there's more than one podcast episode on this now. Yeah, that are looking at it again. So I'm like, all right, you should know is a two part series. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think it was worth reading it again. Because I think it really showed me some places that affected me negatively. Would, <laughs> I think that answers the question I was going to yeah. ask, which is, would you ever recommend this book to your children? Heck no. Mm-hmm. Or we'd have to do it together when they're older. Like, yeah, n- not a 10-year-old. 
if you had to choose between the doctor in this book and the doctor in the boxcar children. Wait, are you talking about the prescription doctor? (laughs) Prescription doctor versus doctor live in the woods. Um, Prescription doctor every time. Every time. (laughs) Maybe we'll just find a theme of books with weird doctors. Really bad doctors making choices that should get their license pulled. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We'll rename this medical malpractice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. So, that's our second book report. We hope you enjoyed. Um, next month, we're doing a hot and saucy book. Ooh. Like Water for Chocolate. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're bringing the heat in oh. August. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so hot. Yes. Oh, my God. Sam is elated oh right my now. God. I can't even tell you what her face looks like. My sexual awakening. <laughs> no, I know. That sounds like a lot. It was a book. It was a time. Mm-hmm. I read it at a different time in my life. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that means we should do some snacks. Yeah, I think we need snacks. We need yes. some 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 fun drinks. Yes. And I'm excited. I've never read it before. Oh, it's so fantastic. It's, it's something I've never seen. So I'm super excited to like, I have, have my copy already. Oh, I'm going to start yes. reading it right away and just like beat these dog days of summers with some I don't even know what it's about but <laughs> I heard it's saucy it is saucy it is saucy uh it is it takes the form of a cookbook hence the snacks <laughs> and I will just say damn those Pedro eyes Ooh, yeah okay I'm ready well if you were excited about this episode please take a minute to drop us a like subscribe leave us a review all those things really help us to like get this to, into the hands of the right people because I don't know about you, but everybody needs to hear about Go Ask Alice and, you know, what an important literature, no, what an important literary achievement this was for um, (laughs) girls of a a certain generation. Oh, boy. So much body shaming. So much woman shaming. (laughs) So much shaming. 